Welcome to the Biohacking Superhuman Performance Podcast. My name is Natalie Nidham. I'm a nutritionist, a human potential, and epigenetic coach, and I created this podcast to bring you the latest ways to take control of your health and longevity. We cover it all, from new technology to ancestral health practices, personalized interventions, and a very special interest of mine, peptides. Enjoy the show. Welcome back to the show, folks. Today's episode is with a repeat guest. His name is Amitai Shell, and he is from Young Goose, the biohacking skincare line. We talk about skincare, but really what we talk about is how the aging of skin is related to the aging of the body and why taking care of your skin as we age is as much, should be as much a part of your anti-aging regimen as pretty much anything else. It goes much more than skin deep. So Amitai is a wealth of information. This is a man who studies science just for the love of it. So I think you're gonna really enjoy this episode. Of course, if you get value from this episode, make sure to share it out with your friends, your networks, and anybody else you feel would also get value. And if you're feeling inspired, make sure to leave us a five-star review because that's what allows us to rise up the rankings. And if you're looking to get in touch or learn more about Young Goose, you can go to younggoose.com. There's two Gs there in the middle. And if you decide to dip your toe in the water and buy some product on your first purchase, you can get 20% off with discount code superhuman20. You can also find Young Goose on Instagram. Instagram. It's young underscore goose underscore skincare. They have a great Instagram channel, really, really full of information. And finally, there's the biohacking skincare podcast where Amitai is constantly interviewing scientists and researchers in the aging space and pro-aging space and delivering incredible content and information. So thank you so much for being here. We'll just hear a couple of words from our sponsor and get on with the show. Today's sponsor is obsessed with mitochondria and their impact on how we age. Their research has shown that by supporting mitophagy, the process that our bodies use to reduce damaged mitochondria and make healthy ones, we can protect cells from cellular decline. Even more exciting, their research shows that supporting mitophagy in older adults, they were able to significantly improve muscle health and performance in just two months. And we can all agree that improving muscle performance and health is critical to longevity and healthy aging. So how did they do this? 10 years of research by the folks at Timeline Nutrition has resulted in the discovery of urolithin A, the active compound in MitoPure, a revolutionary supplement offered to you in three different forms that gives you a therapeutic dose of urolithin A. A delicious vanilla protein shake, my personal favorite, a berry powder you can add to yogurt and smoothies, or convenient capsules for travel. I personally love the three-month trial that allowed me to try all three of these. Within just two months, I could feel my gym workouts getting easier and my body responding to the effects of those healthier mitochondria. To try MitoPure for yourself, just go to timelinenutrition.com forward slash nat10 and use code nat10 to save 10% off your order. And now let's get back to the show. Hey folks, just a quick reminder that all of the information presented in this podcast is for information purposes only. No medical advice, no diagnosing, no treatments suggested here. Before you try anything that you hear about or learn about here, make sure that you check with your medical provider. Welcome back, Amitai Yashel. It is such a pleasure to have you here again. The pleasure is all mine. I mean, like, Obviously, since our last conversation, we have, uh, you know, we and Yangus, Anastasia, myself, and you, we've we've crossed paths many many a times. We've developed a friendship. We we, you know, 
we love what you do. I, I think, you know, speaking uh, from, from our perspective only, we think that you're a real driving force, you're a real positive influence on the biohacking and health optimization community. It's an honor and a privilege to, to be a guest. Well, thank you. And I feel the same about you guys, honestly. I think that, you know, it's, and we're going to dive into this pretty quickly, but I remember when I first came across Young Goose as a skincare brand and I thought, oh, that's really interesting and that's really great. And yeah, that's not really biohacking, you know, it's, yeah. it's like, it's just why, I mean, obviously, you know, and, and I'm definitely a little bit of an anomaly in the biohacking sphere in that I'm a lot older than a lot of people in the space. <laughs> so, you know, and I think one of the things we were just talking about offline, which I think will be probably the first thing we lead with here is going to be about, you know, this idea that taking care of our skin is just, it's a vanity play, right? Yeah. It's just trying to, and and whether it's doing, cos- I mean, and, and there's a difference between cosmetic surgery where you're really kind of imposing a new paradigm on how you look without in many ways impacting the health of this organ, which is the biggest organ in our body. And we mm-hmm. underestimate it so much versus, you know, medical grade skincare, which is what Young Goose is in the business of doing. And so what does that really mean? And understanding, you know, that where do we draw the line between vanity and actually products that help us to age better? Yeah. So I mean, that's yeah. a great question. And I think we can look at it from many, many angles. But, you know, let's let's start with with the thing that would be probably the easiest for us to convince people if they don't if they don't feel the urge to, to, to engage in skin anti-aging, like why? And obviously we have, again, a brand that, that sustains itself through people who are interested in, in maintaining their skin and, and mm-hmm. combating aging. So how can we approach someone that is laissez fair about it, let's say, and, and convince them to take care of their skin? And that is something we are trying to do more and more actively because what science has shown us in the last 10 years, more or less, is that, first of all, there is a huge correlation between how we look and our biological age. Let's start with that. Okay? Absolutely. And obviously, that begs the, the question, is it because the inside affects our skin or is it our skin affecting the inside? And the question, and, and obviously, most people would argue it is, inside out, right? Whatever we're eating, uh, consuming, being exposed to as far as environmental stressors is, you know, affecting our overall health, therefore, you know, expressing itself in in the skin, which is an organ, just the organ that we can see. But, and that is all true. But what we've learned from recent, the the recent decades of, of, of research is that the skin is actually a driver of aging in the body and that because it is built as the safe basically to to protect our body against the environment the better it performs the better we can maintain our youth etc and that can be broken down into different different components so it's not only like a, a general statement Oh, if the skin is healthy, we're going to be healthy. There are components in the skin 
that are built to protect ourselves, uh, us and, 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 and our internal organs, our, our systems from uh, the stress of the environment. So obviously we know that, <laughs> I mean, the easiest one to, to, to talk about is, is radiation from the sun, right? Mm-hmm. Obviously the skin takes the brunt of that, that damage, you know, UV rays do not penetrate the skin. They, the, all that damage is, is being accumulated in the skin. And what happens is obviously if we didn't have skin, it would have burnt, burnt the uh, layers underneath, but the skin actually, when it, sacrifices itself kind of to in order to protect the body it actually sacrifices things that the body later on pays for so for example um dna damage so all of that uv exposure all that sun damage manifests itself in fusing specific sections of the dna so specific letters who are close to each other in the in the uh in the dna and what that means you could think of um Think of a DNA of your DNA as like a recipe, like literally a recipe for a cake or, or something like that. Um, imagine if the letters got you know fused one to another, you would expend much more energy to read what's going on there, mm-hmm. and it you might get something wrong, right? Right. And that is what happens to our skin cells. So they also expend more energy in order to to read the, the, that recipe, the DNA, but also they get a lot of things wrong. And when they do get something wrong, yes, we get wrinkles, we get hyperpigmentation, we get a more sensitive skin, anything and everything that someone can think of as, as skin aging, but it accumulates malfunctioning cells. Mm-hmm. So senescent cells. So the most, the the largest number of senescent cells in our body are in our skin. Interesting. And what senescent cells cause is inflammation. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure, I'm sure you've heard about the, the, the term inflammaging. Yeah, for sure. Okay. And so the first thing that we can think of is that the, these mistakes are causing overall inflammation inflammation in the body. And those cells and in general cells that are not functioning optimally also draw energy in the form of NAD from our body as a whole. So our body is built to recycle all of its NAD. NAD is basically an energy potentiator. It is not energy. Mm-hmm. But it is what allows your body to create energy. So if we remove the NAD from your body, NAD plus from your body, it, you will die in 30 seconds. Right, right. And by having NAD fuel DNA repair, we are depleting DNA, NAD from our body and taking it from tissues that might need it more. Um or in general, we're offsetting the balance of N- the ratio of the balance of NAD in the body. So if the body only can um, recycle a certain amount of NAD and we're placing a higher demand of NAD on the body, we're literally offsetting that balance. And one of the things, and if anyone has read Dr. David Sinclair's book, or um, yeah. there, are, there are a few prominent uh, researchers that are obsessed with NAD and ways to boost it and elevate it, et cetera. Why? Because the less NAD we have in the body, literally the aging process 
is exacerbated. So these are just, that's just a window as to why a healthier skin means de facto a healthier organism, in that case, ourselves. You know, I just wanted to point out a couple of things, though, I mean, about what you said. And and I think that one of the things we forget about the skin, I'm going to take us back to the sun for a second. Yeah. And that is that the skin has a it's not just the barrier. Like Mm -hmm. it's the place where vitamin D3 and cholesterol like interact like this is where the body. I think the point is that it's not just there as a as a as an envelope. Mm -hmm. It actually functions and does produces things for us that we need. And so, Mm -hmm. you know, you could argue, well, for the nicest, you most youthful skin, just never go out in the sun ever. Mm -hmm. That would be that would be catastrophic. Right. You're you would die without any sun. And, And obviously what we're talking about here is excess sun exposure. And we're talking about sun exposure at the wrong times of day. But, you know, one of the things that I think it's a bit of a paradox is that you could almost argue that you need a little bit of sun exposure at, at different times, like, you know, very early in the day or later in the day for optimal health, because even your skin will suffer from a deficiency if you never get exposure to that sun. Yeah. And now we can, first of all, if we talk about that, we can also see how different types of or all different types of uh, mechanisms in our body kind of need the same thing to function. So our eyes also need to be exposed to to blue light in the morning. Uh, If if that doesn't happen, obviously long-term we're going to be, we're going to have seasonal affective disorder, which means you're getting depressed because you're not seeing enough sunlight. Um, We need, we need sun in general, our exposure, uh, exposing our eyes to the sun in order to manage our circadian rhythm, mm-hmm. which means which means like which hormones are being expressed at which at which times, et cetera. And also our skin, which is a hormone creating organ because it creates uh, vitamin D uh, from sunlight is obviously it's it's imperative for us to to expose our skin to the sun. A few things I want to say about that. First, our facial skin is being because we're wearing clothes, et cetera, is being right. predominantly exposed to the, to the sun, right? So it doesn't matter really what we're doing. We're going to get a lot of sun exposure on our facial skin. So if we want to, you know, synthesize more vitamin D3 and also be more efficient doing that, we should expose the rest of our body to the sun because, again, from a vanity point of view, but not only, but, the, you know, it's also because... Our, the back of our hands or our face are the areas that are being exposed most to the sun. And that's why they show aging more than other areas. So, yeah, the back of our legs, for example, or, or our backs are, are the, the area between our armpit and our hip. Uh, these areas get a lot less sun exposure and we can, we can offset the ratio between damage and, and, benefits if we exposed them instead of our face so if we are if we are going to the sun uh and we want to do it around 20 30 uh minutes continuously a day uh we do want to do it like before 10 a.m or after 4 p.m and we want um and yeah and we want to expose areas that are less exposed on average because obviously the fact that you can 
you know, look around and, 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 and use your vision to see everything means that there is light around you. It can be from the sun, but it also can be artificial. Mm-hmm. And artificial light is actually all bad and no good. Okay, so your eyes, as we spoke about off air, there there is a study that just was published in fruit flies. Yes, but it was showing how exposure to blue light, artificial blue light, advances aging or promotes aging. Um, and, yeah. and neurodegeneration. I mean, let's not forget that, you, yeah. you know, your eyes are, are essentially an extension of your brain. They are your brain. And so that exposure, yeah. it reflects. Yes, but also your skin is exposed to, it's called HEV, yeah. high energy vi- visible light. And uh, this contains a lot of blue light. The This light, our body wasn't evolved to, to address or to know what to do with it. First of all, if you have uh, Fitzpatrick 3 uh, and up as far as your skin tone, so basically as long as you're not like purely white skinned, you are going to, the blue light in HEV, is actually going to create hyperpigmentation. Just uh, bear that in mind. And also, it does create some uh, some um, some some damage to your skin barrier, mm-hmm. to your to the oxidative, the antioxidant ability of your skin. And as we said before, it is also damaging your DNA because this is a much. It's a lot of photons that are going to the same direction at once and that is something that is unusual normally uh, in in nature so it is much more harmful per lumen per unit of of light energy than normal sunlight yeah i have a question for you so then in that on that basis and i know you guys just came out with with an spf which we'll talk about in a minute but so would it be beneficial for someone like me to be wearing some kind of sunscreen during the day when I'm sitting in front of my computer? Like, would it com- protect my skin, my face from the the non-native, like the, the artificial blue light being given off by my computer? Uh, yes and no. I mean, again, sunblocks, and, and it's definitely a conversation we should have, is obviously a hot topic in general in but the biohacking community. Yeah, uh, health optimization community, but also it is it is true that it is very convoluted. First of all, there are chemical sunblocks. They they contain chemicals that are not necessarily friendly for for your body. They get absorbed in the body, and even some mineral sunscreens. <laughs> when you flip the bottle, you see that it does contain a mineral sunscreen, zinc oxide, titanium dioxide, but it also contains chemical sunscreen. So when you see a mineral sunscreen, it doesn't mean it's 100% mineral. That's number one. So what are the ingredients people should look out for? Because I talk about this a lot. Like your sunscreen actually could be the thing that you're exposing. So you're putting on this sunscreen, you're going out in the sun because you think that you're being protected. And actually some of the ingredients in the sunscreen are carcinogens. And actually... Was it the WHO, the World Health Organization that just came out and and particularly talking about an ingredient in those aerosol sunscreens that people are spraying all over their kids? Yeah. And one of those ingredients is actually, was it class one or class two carcinogen? Like, Yes, but but I think we're missing the point with chemical sunscreens when we talk about kind of the, the, the harmful ingredients that are on the label. Why is that? Because... The problem is with with chemical sunscreens is the way that they protect you from UV radiation. Mm-hmm. The way that they protect you 
is by absorbing the the UV light yeah and converting it into thermal energy which means yeah. yeah to heat which means that the same compound so do, would you use a a would you eat food or use uh, something on your skin that's been sitting in your car for like a day no no right so Imagine a sunscreen that if you're out and active, you should be applying every two hours. And this sunscreen literally heats up those molecules that are, they could be safe. So for example, vitamin E or, or we can talk, there are many, many examples of that. Um, things that are safe in room temperature, but when you heat them up, they become harmful. Mm-hmm. So in general, it's not even about what the label says. It's how chemically these things react to heat okay and that mineral sunscreen so zinc oxide and titanium dioxide are the two that 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 you want the only two that you want as far as sunblocks uh and that's very easy to discern because uh, sun protection is a drug classifies as a drug in the united states um so and in canada as well so you are going to have like drug facts on sunblocks and right. the active ingredients as far as the drug is concerned are the sunblocks okay the, the sun protecting agents mm-hmm. so only zinc oxide and titanium dioxide now um and again some some mineral sunscreens they want to use the word mineral. So they're going to have zinc oxide, for example, but they also are going to have some chemical. So that's again, not good. How do the minerals one mineral ones work? They actually um, reflect light. Right. They deflect, so, which is why you look white, like Casper the ghost when you put them on. <laughs> yes. You and should there see, are, my husband, who's no good at putting on sunscreen at the best of times, I give him like a mineral sunscreen and it's, he's looking like the wall behind you. It's, <laughs> it's sad. <laughs> so what we do is we, uh, we have a few ways to offset that. So we use uh, basically clear zinc oxide, so it's it's not not white. And the other thing that we're doing is we're adding another positive ingredient, which is um, uh, iron oxides, which gives it a little bit of, of a tint. It's not like a makeup tint. Mm-hmm. I still use it, men still use it, but it gives it a color that is similar to skin color. Okay. And then it doesn't have any any drawbacks as far as color is concerned. Um, but to, going back to your question, there are ingredients in skincare that can protect you from HEV pretty well. One of them is ashwagandha. Nice. Yeah. Interesting. So we have a few products that are to be used during the day that have only ashwagandha to, in order to provide some protection from HEV. But you're asking a bigger question. It's like, should we be using sunscreens or some kind of protection to, for our skin if we're not outside in the sun? And because we believe that the environment that we live in right now is as harmful as UV, as far as to, to our skin, as far as EMF, mm-hmm. as far as, again, we talked about HEV, as far as pollution, okay? If you're not living in, in yeah. Secluded area, you're getting pollution. That pollution again, your skin is sacrificing itself uh, in order to protect you from pollution. So, um, all of these things actually are as important in a bio. We call it like a bioprotectant or like a skin protectant, as much as the 
the SPF grade in that product. And what we did um, is try to address all of them with different active ingredients that work very well together. And I know you're, you're the peptide queen. So one of them is a peptide that is from bacteria that lives, it's called an extremophile. Extremophile, oh, I like extremophiles. that. Extremophile. The word so, of the day, people. <laughs> so uh, as you know, I'm, I'm from Israel originally. And when I was growing up, um, when we were going on field trips to the Dead Sea, uh, they were telling us it's called the Dead Sea because there is no living organism there. Have you ever heard about that? Have you been to the Dead Sea, by the way? I have. Okay, so have. have you? Did they tell you that nothing grows there? Uh, well, nobody was there to talk to me, but I, <laughs> they, they, they could have told me that. I probably wouldn't have believed them because I believe that organi- organisms have developed to live pretty much everywhere in every environment. Yes. So they, we may not know these organisms as well as we know the other ones, but I would find it hard to believe that there, there's nothing growing in there because that would make it a sterile environment, which it's yes, not. Yes, exactly. So what we did was we actually harvested a peptide out of extremophiles, which are organisms that do survive and thrive in those climates. Right. And the way that they do it is they have a specific peptide that continuously repairs their barrier continuously just nonstop. so cool yes and what we do is when we incorporate it's called ectoin peptide yeah and and that's something uh you're going to start to see in skincare more and more and more because it is a magical ingredient um we don't we there's no patent around it i for if this if it's pretty expensive but if other companies are, if you're, you're going to start to see it more and more because it's going to be, it's going to prove as a very effective skincare ingredient for a few reasons. First of all, as we said, the skin barrier, which contains our skin's ability to protect our body, also from like things like water loss mm-hmm. and um, oxidative stress. So it has antioxidants right. in the form of vitamin E. And as uh, we grow older, uh, we, we're exposed to the elements, whatever that is, the ability of the skin to, to fight against free radicals is being diminished. This ectoin peptide rebuilds the skin barrier. Wow. Yeah. And that is what, what I think is remarkable about it is not, not only about the skin, the, the skin barrier components, but you know, when you put a moisturizer on, yeah. Studies show like you put a moisturizer for a week, for example, if you would stop applying a moisturizer to the skin, the skin will dramatically lose its hydration level. So it is a a, um, a pretty straightforward relationship. You're applying it, you have moisture, you're not applying it, you don't have moisture. That's not very biohacking, <laughs> you know? No. It's very that, dependent. Uh, it sounds very dependent to me. <laughs> that doesn't sound like we're we're harnessing a process in the body and improving. That's no. just we, you know, biohacking. I I, I sometimes think of it uh, as okay. Let's not give the fish to the person. Let's teach it how to fish. So we're kind of teaching our body how to fish better. Ectoin, for example, has shown very uh, very promising or very impressive. Um, statistics as far as the hydration but the difference is that if you applied it for a week and then stopped applying it it has like a half-life it has 
um, about 50% longer period of hydration after you stopped using it. So let's say you apply so it, it for a week. So it improves the cell's ability to remain hydrated. Yeah. Wow. So yeah, let's say you apply it for a week. You have the same amount of hydration like three, four days afterwards if you didn't apply anything. So that's why it's a magical ingredient. And that's what that's how we addressed the damages to the skin barrier from those things. So, for example, EMF uh, and um, pollution and uh, HEV, et cetera. But again, there is an antioxidant component we use. So I'm sure everyone knows about C60. Yeah. Which is a uh, foreign uh antioxidant but in skincare there is another one that is also pretty expensive so not a lot of companies use it it's called lipochromin 6 yeah lipochromin 6 is is a type of antioxidant that's foreign to the body but it is performing but much better than native antioxidants and the reason is, is because normal antioxidants in the body they're geared towards fighting oxidative free radicals actually i'm using the wrong word i'm using antioxidants right um but free radicals mm -hmm. do not only come in oxidative forms they also come in carbon and nitrogen forms okay so the things that disrupt uh the the, the function of our cells are not only in free uh, radical oxygen form, they also have two other forms that are more pollution-based. Oh, so nitrogen and carbon oxidants. Free radicals, yeah. Free radicals, no, they're yeah. not. They're not. They're not oxidants, really. They're we know reactive oh, yeah. oxygen. Being being. Oxygen, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So free so radicals. We, so free radicals that are oxygen-based, they're called ROS or reactive oxygen species, but there are also reactive nitrogen and carbon species. Interesting. And and C60, for example, or um, uh, lipochromin 6, they also are scavenging. They're also fighting against those, those two other types. Okay. And that is why uh, we want to incorporate something like that in our skincare because we want uh, something that would fight that type of pollution, etc. Mm-hmm. And obviously, uh, we also um, strengthened it with some botanicals. The most important one is uh, Japanese knotweed, which has a lot of resveratrol, which obviously we're fans of. Uh, so we did. We basically looked at a product that would improve how your skin is being protected in the 21st century, not not in some, you know, in some in the forest or I don't know where in the desert. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, interesting. And so this formula, the lipochromin 6, the ectoin peptide, is that in both the mask and the SPF or is that no. in other products as well? So for now, they're only in the SPF. Okay. It's really new for us to be using um, those ingredients. As far as the lipochromin 6, we've, we've, we have a product that we, um, al we allow our our prime club, our prime members club, which are like people who uh, are in a subscription club. Uh, we allow them to buy. We, we still don't have it in big quantities, which is a, it's called bio barrier. It's literally repairing the skin barrier. That's its job. It has biomimetic lipids, it's lipids that are mimicking the natural uh, skin barrier creation in optimally functioning skin. So it's like a child's skin. But because we understand that our that our, our ability to create antioxidants is, is 
marred. So just to finish my point, we're, we're adding lipochrome on six there in order to improve the antioxidant ability of skin barrier. But that's just like one product that's supposed to target skin barrier. Mm-hmm. But I, I want to, I think it leads us to like a very interesting point in skincare or aesthetics in general. Yeah. We are obsessed with like renewal. So if you think of someone who is not as happy, you know, looking in the mirror and thinks that they would like to look better, their skin to look better. Yeah. Okay. Most of the association is going to be for renewal. So I need to do something for my skin to look better. I'm going to go and do some kind of facial. I'm going to go to to get a facelift. I'm going to go in and go under a laser or PRP or, or microneedling or whatever that may be, or, you know, appeal, whatever that may be. What are we doing really is we're giving the body homework, as far as everything I just said, aside from surgery, it's pretty obvious, but also surgery, if you think of it, the skin now needs to heal around whatever we molded it around, right? So in any case, we are now, only, the, the results are going to be only as good as what our skin allows the results to be. So the genetic information, we're going back to the genetic information, the epigenetic information, that is now controlling how well we're going to react. It's not a secret that a lot of plastic surgeons do not accept people who are smokers, for example, for that reason. Right. Because they've done so much damage and they're still doing it on a daily basis. Exactly. The whole premise of Young Goose is how do we improve that other aspect? the, The ability of the skin to perform optimally in order to, you know, manifest the best results out of everything else that you're you're doing. And if you're not doing anything, how does the skin perform optimally? And obviously it looks better by doing that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I love that. So, okay, so just to clarify, BioBarrier right now, which is the lipochromin 6, is only available yeah. to your- Prime members. Your prime uh, member cl- club members. I remember yeah, we talked yeah. about this a while ago, actually. Mm-hmm. But eventually you'll be rolling it out to the general public yeah. or yeah. or- yeah. Should we, or should people be running? I mean, people should be running to join your prime club anyway, but. <laughs> they should, because so. very, very soon it's going to cost a lot of money to, to get into that club and we're going to change some things up. But uh, yeah. So you heard it, heard it here first, ladies yeah. and gentlemen. And this is another thing I want to talk about. You use your products, right? Yes. So often. And I, and, and this is a total sidebar and we're not going to stay here for very long because it's not that, I mean, it is important, but it, I feel like men are, it's only in the last few years that men are suddenly waking up to the fact that, hey, maybe I should be using something on my face. Like, it's funny, I was talking about Young Goose products to my mom and, you know, my dad's sitting in the back seat and he's like, well, what about me? Like, over here. <laughs> like, oh yeah, you. But, you know, but men's skin does age better because it's typically, it's thicker, right? Yeah. Like you guys takes longer to like our skin tends to be more delicate. We lose our estrogen. Yeah. Yes. It's, it's actually more than the thickness of the skin. The skin men's skin does not decline as fast as women's skin post menopause. Yeah. Yeah. Well we get, it's basically cause we have that menopause hit um, yeah. that, that, that strikes a blow. And I mean, we won't get into BHRT, but I know that for a lot of women, 
one of the visible signs of being on bioidentical hormone therapy is that they don't see that massive slide in their skin. Yeah. Uh, but that translates into their bones and to so many other areas of aging as well. So, yeah. you know, and that is the other thing I wanted to mention is I think that, I mean, everything we can do to improve our skin and the way that it's able to deal with the assaults of the environment as you're talking about, which I think we don't, you know, we don't talk about that part, right, of skincare often enough. But the other thing that people have to remember, and when you're looking at the results of skincare, is don't forget that a lot, some of what you're seeing in the mirror is actually what's happening under the skin, right? Yes. It's the yes. infrastructure, it's the scaffolding, it's what's holding your, you know, when we, Shirley MacLaine, has a very famous quote. I don't know if you even know who Shirley MacLaine is, but she's you no. might not be you might not be old enough to know who Shirley MacLaine is. But anyway, she she said something about, you know, the the worst thing about aging is as soon as you get your as soon as you get your head together, your ass falls down. And <laughs> what she's but what she's expressing is this downward slide, which really yeah. actually I mean, having good skin is helpful, but it's not gonna help with the fat pads under the skin that give structure with the bone structure that also starts to decline and that and the loss of collagen which is where that sliding starts to happen kind of like yeah yes and also um and also uh muscle mass in the, in the face is also uh critical yes and no because remember we spoke about um we spoke about nad for example so mm -hmm. most of most of uh, data as far as aging and decline of tissue can go basically and be this, we can describe it as the accumulation of unrepaired damage. And if we look at this, okay, accumulation of, of unrepaired damage, why is that happening? It's basically every time the body is overwhelmed with mistakes, it can't put off, put out all the fires at once, right? Mm -hmm. So by lowering the amount the amount of fires the body needs to put down, yeah, we are allowing the body to address the acute issues that are arising in a better fashion. Mm -hmm. And I think we've covered a few areas like DNA damage, stuff like that, but really inflammation, for example. So inflammation in general is like that distracting factor that is present all the time in our body. And that is why it's called inflammation, not because yeah. it ages you itself, it does, but mainly because the body needs to exert a lot of energy and resources in order to deal with it while other things are being neglected. Right. So, so what, what we're really trying to do whenever, anytime someone's going to say aging is from the outside in, inside out, sideways, whatever that may be, what we're really doing is we are looking at a, at a kind of an accumulation of distractions to normal maintenance, you know? Mm -hmm. Right. If you, yeah. So by dealing, so essentially as much as you can deal with, it just takes, it takes that off the list. Yeah. The and, body, and, and, and allows it to bring resources to another place. So I think what you might be saying is by addressing the skin and supporting all of these mechanisms that we've been talking about, maybe what we're also doing is we're freeing up more resources of the body to deal with that underlying infrastructure, which will help, yeah. help us to keep things where they're supposed to be. <laughs> exactly. And there is another issue. So, which you, 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 I think you said it wonderfully, but, but it's something we want to think of um, if we are thinking of skin health. And now we're going to talk 
you know, aside from skincare, why do we want that inside out type of, of, of skin health or overall health, health that is going to drive towards skin health? Because so for example, the, we have a podcast, it's called biohacking beauty that you, you have been a guest Great on podcast. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and what we're trying to do, the evil plan of that podcast is not to talk about skincare is actually to kind of, you know, give out the message that if you would like good skin, you've got to take care of your overall health. Yeah. Why? The skin is actually not prioritized as far as aging. Other other areas of the body, so internal organs, brain, heart, um, muscle tissue, bones are are prioritized before our skin. So having uh, optimally or, or like healthy skin is the last the last thing that is going to ex- be expressed as far as health. And the first thing that is going to be expressed as far as ill health, mm-hmm. uh, we can see it in teenagers, we can see it in adults, we can see it in the elderly, whoever. So the skin is a mirror or is a, a kind of a, as a, a golden, golden uh, star or a first prize medal or, or whatever to having all our boxes checked, all our boxes ticked as far as health and I know it sounds like a lot, but you know those pillars of like good sleep, good uh, good sleep hygiene, um, uh, working out, uh, health, eating healthy, etc. They're all super important for for skin health because they're important for any other uh, part of the body. Hey, folks! Just a quick minute to thank our sponsor for this episode. Oxford HealthSpan, makers of Primadine, the only spermidine supplement that I personally use and recommend to my clients and family. Spermidine has earned a permanent spot on my longevity stack. Research has shown that spermidine positively impacts six of the nine hallmarks of aging, including protecting your DNA from damage as you age. Regular users also experience visible results after just one to three months, including better hair, skin, nails, and deeper sleep. I choose Primadine because it is the only spermidine supplement on the market that is free of any additives or excipients, while including a prebiotic to feed your own bacteria to make more of your own spermidine. And now Primadine also has a gluten-free version. To try Primadine, go to primadine.com and use discount code BIONAT15 to save 15% off your purchase. And now let's get back to the episode. There's two things we talked about here. Number one, we're acknowledging that the skin is obviously a reflection of your internal health in many, many cases, but at the same time that it's a contributor to optimal health. Yeah. Like it it plays both roles, right? It's both a reflection, but at the same time, you don't take care of your skin and it's going to, in some way, it's going to show up as a yeah. deficit in the body. Yes. And, and basically I am, I'm sorry to break it, break the, the news to anyone who's, who's, who isn't aware of it, but we are designed as a, as a creature, as a, as a, as a mammal to pass on our genes and then evolution does not care about you. It just no. does not. Yeah. And the reason it does not is because you are not, the minute you, you stopped contributing to the, to the, to the gene pool or to the, whatever, to the, to the next generation. Survival of the species. Yeah. yeah. You are literally 
irrelevant, you have not contributed anymore. Yeah. Um, we can argue that the reason we li- we live for so for so long is because we have a contributory factor that is past our DNA, right? Like it's the community or whatever it is. But it doesn't mean that the body needs to maintain itself as well. Yeah. And our skin is one of the things that kind of goes haywire. It's the, the fastest because it sacrifices itself. It keeps sacrificing itself. So one of the, the organs that we need to chase after the most, quite literally, in order to keep all our, our, our systems in check is our skin because it, it is the thing that, that accumulates more and more and more and more damage. And it's, it is accumulating those fires that are too many to be put at once, put out at once as time goes on, if it makes sense. Yeah, no, it totally makes sense. So let's talk a little bit. So the ashwagandha you talk about, where is that? What what product is that in? Because I'm trying to think. So because, you know, I've got an array. Somebody, I, one of my clients just wrote to me and said, okay, Nat, I want to know what Young Goose products you're using because, you know, I need to place an order. And I'm like, all right, you asked. <laughs> you're fire away. Like I use a shot for someone who until... Well, I'll be honest, you know, like until I met you guys, I, I mean, for in, in my earlier life, I virtually did nothing for my skin. And then in, when I kind of hit my forties, I started thinking, ah, you know, maybe I should like put some moisturizer on once in a while or something. And then it wasn't until I met you and Anastasia that I really kind of thought, okay, I need a routine. And now Mm -hmm. I've gone from zero to a hundred. My routine there are a lot of elements to my routine, but where am I getting my ashwagandha for my skin? Because <laughs> I know, I know I'm getting NAD and resveratrol. I mean, yeah. our noble products and all that. But where's the ashwagandha coming from? So ashwagandha, we have in a few in a few products. The um, the two that are available for everyone uh, are the adaptogenic HA firming boost. I have that. Yep. I love that. That's what that's why it's called adaptogenic. Yeah, I was going to say that's why it says adaptogenic, right? Yes. <laughs> um, and we also have it in the HRV body treatment. I have that too. Yeah, I think. Um, yeah, yeah, I, I think have that. Do. The big tall and, bottle. And yeah, yeah. That is that is a product that that people have been asking uh, for us to make for a long time, like a body treatment. It's a beautiful, guess, beautiful body cream. Thank you. I think we. We're probably going to tweak the formula uh, in the future. In the, in the next few years, maybe we'll get uh, in our noble there if we feel like it's, it's, it needs it. But one of the things that dr- drove the creation of it was that understanding that you're going to be applying it on, on large areas of the body. And we can uh, apply a product that is going to contribute in many levels as far as the organism. Again, I'm going to talk about the organism. I'm saying the full holistic health. So it does have ashwagandha and it also has a type of chamomile that's called blue tansy. Mm -hmm. And the reason we use this chamomile is because it's high in apigenin. Nice. And apigenin basically down-regulates or inhibits the thing that breaks down NAD in the body. So a lot of people kind of leave that out when they talk about their NAD health. CD38. We talking yeah, about CD38. Yeah, CD38. Very good. Yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so CD38 is something that with age actually is we can see it in the bloodstream as being 
you know, obviously is overly expressed. It breaks down NAD, and that is part of the problems, for example, with shuttling NAD around. Um, and and by creating a product that does do that, but what do we know about ashwagandha and blue tansy or, or chamomile aside from, from these effects on the skin is that when they absorb systemically, they contribute to relaxation, to well-being, to HRV levels, getting you out of the fly, fight or flight, um, you know, uh, state. And that is why we wanted to create this product that really communicates between what who we, what our kind of set of beliefs as far as what a skincare company should be doing. Like, how do we communicate what is a healthy skin? And, you know, we're, I'm actually going to be uh, giving a talk next month at the Faina Hotel, which is here in um, in Miami about the effects of stress on the skin. Nice. Yeah, because we, again, stress, I, th- I think there are two types of, of uh, stressors. Stressors that, are, that require um, immediate action. Yeah. And stressors that require adaptation. So you're talking about acute versus chronic stress, right? Well, n- no, because both of them can be acute. I mean, like if a lion chases you or if I eat a plant that has a lot of its survival mechanisms activated, mm-hmm. i.e. like resveratrol, uh, right. uh, curcumin and turmeric or, um, you know, um, terostilbin in, in blueberries. These are all, for example, so terostilbin and resveratrol, they can be for uh, a reaction to high levels of UV. Right. Okay. So we, we're going to eat those plants. We're not very good at the, our body's not very good at adjusting to just high levels of UV radiation, but if we're going to eat those plants, our body's going to get the hint that it needs to fortify itself against some, something like that. And, and we're going to get less uh, UV damage, but so that's still acute as far as the stress goes. Right. Um, but if a line's going to chase us, our body is not going to be like, oh, I need to adapt. I think it's a good idea. If I become a little faster, it's like I need to express, like to to expend all the resources mm-hmm. possible. Right now. Right here, right now. Right now. Yeah. Uh, so it's sacrificing the future for the present because there's not going to be future <laughs> if the present's not going to yeah, yeah, yeah. be, you know, solved. And um, cortisol is a hormone that is that is expressed when when something needs to be resolved right now. And obviously, we, we know the famous saying, that there is no lion chasing you, there is no tiger chasing you, right? You need to remind it yourself all the time. Because in our modern society, there's no real reason for us to, most of the time, to, to, to be stressed to the point where our body's telling itself, okay, I really need to preserve the present and sacrifice right. the future. Right, right. Well, and the production of cortisol, of course, is catabolic right so it breaks breaks things down yeah yeah uh that is one thing and also um a lot of the things that we do consume that are that are um you know that that are acute stressors in the body or like um you know fast food the bad oils whatever that is they are also depleting resources because we're basically poisoning our body. So our body really sacrifices future resources uh, for the present. So all of these type of uh, things that we think are helping us with, with dealing with, with the world as it is 
we should find different ways to, to address them because what they're doing is they're aging us. And actually what we're going to be doing by that is in 5, 10, 20 years, we're not going to be able to deal with the world as well because we sacrificed those resources. Yeah, no, I agree. I have a question about the body cream. Then would it, you mentioned HRV, you mentioned uh, calming. So would it be maybe better to use it? At, would it be great to use it at night? I don't know if it's better, but I wonder, I actually might have to do with uh, a little test now. I may need to yeah, use it do. every night and see if it changes my, uh, my metrics. Yes, please do. In my opinion, and that's what we we wrote on the bottle, we would like you to use it twice a day because in my opinion, a lot of, I can tell you about myself specifically, you know, running a business is not very uh, soothing. It doesn't contribute to good soothing. HRV. Uh, you know, <laughs> no. no one said, you know, I need less stress in my life. Let's open a company. No. Uh, so said nobody ever. Yeah. Said nobody ever, you know, unless they're, I don't know what their previous job was maybe, but to me, and I can tell you, so, to me, one of the things that contribute the most to productivity is mitigation of, of stress. Yeah. I can talk about different things that I do, like BrainTap or yeah. uh, Trocom by Troscriptions. So I take like a quarter of that thing when I feel like I do things that I don't like, to be honest with you, like if we need to... I don't know. I need to go over something someone else wrote or something like that, which my ADHD brain does not like. To, right. So, um, so anything, anything that I feel like my anxiety levels are not contributing to my overall health mm -hmm. or to my productivity. Um, I'm going to actively meditate, brain tap, trocom, whatever that may be in order to get myself into a more relaxed state and actually perform better. Obviously that performing better when I go to sleep, I'm more sat satisfied from what I achieved that day. Um, I, that would translate uh, to better sleep. Also, you're not going to push yourself into the late hours of the evening, yeah. staring at blue screens, et cetera, because you were more productive. So I think everything is a cycle. And in my opinion, stress mitigation during the day is, is as as important as uh, before before the night, but obviously that is important as well. Getting yourself out of fight or flight uh, before you go to sleep is very important. Yeah, yeah. Well, and going back to the body cream, I think that a lot of repair work happens at night, right? I mean, that I is when that repair people, work happens. Yeah. People forget that there is a lot going on in your body while you're sleeping, which is part of the reason why it's so important to sleep. Because if you're not sleeping, your body doesn't get to marshal its resources towards the repair work that needs to be done and yeah. um, and maybe providing resources to the system mm -hmm. while you're sleeping. That's why I think taking essential amino acids sometimes right before bed is a really great strategy because it it almost says to the workmen coming to work, here's some here's some new tools for you to play with. And it's funny that it's funny that you're saying it because uh, yes, this is important, and that is something that I train until like 8 p.m. Yeah, which in day. and of itself is not optimal. Yes. Not optimal. Yeah. But, you know, uh, that's the lunatic that I am. I train in the morning, in the evening. So one of the things that, that I saw, so I do have some recovery shake that has essential amino acids. But another thing that I noticed that since I've incorporated has helped me tremendously with inflammation is uh, omega-3 fatty acids in the evening. Yeah. Uh, or before you go to sleep, uh, especially sure. by the way, phospholipids, because they are also um, crossing the blood brain barrier. Um, yeah. 
But in general, I have, you know, my knees, my joints, uh, skin, it feels much better when when I do take those essential amino uh, or uh, omega-3 fatty acids um, at night. Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, and you know, it's, it's about everybody looking at, like for you to not work out at night would be a bigger stressor than the working out at night is. So it's what can you do to mitigate the downside of the nighttime workout versus the downside of Amitai running around thinking, oh my God, I need another workout. <laughs> what am I going to do? Yes, because, the, you know, again, we're talking about like having a um, uh, growing business on your shoulders. The, the thing about a growing business is uh, you cannot rely on the past to, to distribute workload in the future because it, it, it is changing. And that, that uncertainty is definitely a stress factor. And um, we've talked about stress relievers, working out is probably the best one. Out of everything, probably, again, getting your body into a state. Well, the way I see it is that if you have a little tummy ache and nothing's wrong in your life, that is going to become a big deal. You know, people who have no worries in their lives, every little thing can get them off kilter. And people that have normal life to contend with or they've gone through something that's very difficult suddenly everything else seems pretty easy yeah so it's important to have things in your life that are extremely difficult like working out sauna ice bath um mm. i mean I, th I think we can brainstorm like 10 more things but all yeah. these things Fasting. aside from their yeah exa oh yeah exactly like uh, hormetic stressors right An yeah. anastasia's just doing prolon over here um, I just did that a couple <laughs> weeks ago. <laughs> I prefer just straight up fasting. But anyway, bottom line, all of these things that are that are extending the limits of what we perceive as stress, for that matter, really put everything else into perspective. And that is very important for stress levels, et cetera, because it's all in your mind. Also, by the way, meditation. Like One of the things that are the most important uh, to me in meditation is obviously the benefits of meditation are... You know, I bet you'll have better, better people in this podcast to, to go over them. But to me specifically, one of the things is realizing everything's going on in my head, mm -hmm. the good, the bad, everything is being filtered through my consciousness. And by doing that, by understanding that really, I understand that I'm my worst enemy, my worst critic, whatever that is. And everything else just is, is my perception of things, right? Yeah. No. And your own best friend. I mean, that's the thing, right? You can, oh, be yeah, for sure. but, but connecting to that and whatever it is, like for me, I've, I've had brain tap. I have new calm. I, uh -huh. I probably use new calm more than brain tap these days, but I did my third, I did 30 days of brain tap and I loved it. Right. I took your advice. I was doing it three times a day. Now I'll do it like usually in the mornings, it'll be my first thing. And then I'll use new calm during the day. But but at the end of the day, it's it's finding those things that resonate for you that help you to move the needle, right? Yeah. And as you're saying, which is really important, is creating that buffer. Ultimately, all of these strategies, whether it's breathwork, meditation, and or you're using a, a tool like we we're just talking about, it's what can you do to create a buffer between you and the outside world that gives you that moment of pause that says, how much does this matter? What am yeah. I going to be able to do? What do I want the outcome to be? Right? It's yes. like it's it's all of these things that give you that moment that stops it from just reacting, stops mm -hmm. you from just reacting to choosing. What is my response going to be? So, 
it's, you know, it's something that you actually have to turn off in jujitsu, right? Yeah. When you're in jujitsu, you're in the moment, you need to react, 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 react. All I, the time. I, th I think it's important to let people know that the reason I have a sla slash above my eye is... Uh, <laughs> oh, that's for people on YouTube, yes. <laughs> yes, that is uh, jujitsu, that's someone's uh, foot smacking me in the face. So, yeah. yes, in jujitsu... The reason jujitsu is, you know, Mark Zuckerberg just talked about the fact that it's his new, his new um, addiction. It might be because he's trying to look human. I don't know. But uh, <laughs> bottom line, uh, a lot of people are obsessed with jujitsu. With jujitsu, and I, I assure you, my obsession is not because I, you know, I like to feel victorious uh, over another person. It's actually not not one of my uh, motivators. The main motivator is, the, uh, if anyone has ever uh, read Stephen Kotler's books, uh, Stealing Fire. Or yes, I love, most... I love that book. Yeah. Yes. Stephen Kotler talks about uh, being in the moment and uh, as, as he calls it, the flow or whatever you would like to call it. But basically that subconscious level of thinking that you're connected with with innate or like in primal responses in the body, like mm -hmm. you're taking out conscious thought away from procedures. And jujitsu has all the elements that I think anyone anyone who wants to get into it really should read, read the book or one of Stephen Kotler's books. Um, it it embodies all the elements, all the uh, body and mental feedbacks needed to fluctuate you between going in and out of the flow if anyone wants to see like just one vi short video of how strong flow can be is when chris rock is sitting next to kobe bryant on the lakers bench because you know he, he, he can he, he, one share over is already the, the crowd right uh and he's trying to crack jokes to kobe bryant and kobe bryant is just in the zone and that is is oblivious to Chris Rock talking to him. Yeah. And I think it's very inspirational. But basically, the more we can get ourselves, by the way, in like flow state, whether it is through yoga, meditation, uh, physical exercise, running, whatever that is, we are offsetting a lot of that stress that is accumulating. And again, is going to express itself in the skin. Yeah. And if, if I had to convince someone that they should do it because they want better skin health. So... When there is when there is stress in the body, a few things happen that affect the skin. The first thing is lymphatic drainage. So our our ability to um, detoxify or to move around toxins in the body and expel them is uh, reliant on our lymphatic system. It doesn't have any muscles, or sorry, it doesn't have any muscles. Doesn't have a pump like the heart. It relies on muscular movement and contractions in order to shuttle things around. When we're stressed, the muscles contract and they're not contracting on and off, they're just contracted, it, that actually limits lymphatic drainage. Mm -hmm. uh, we can see it, we can see it in, in obviously in people who are uh, sedentary yeah. uh, and, and they have uh, uh, lymphatic issues, but we can also see it in people who are overly stressed. And lymphatic drainage is something, so if, if you've ever seen people doing like gua sha or like facial massage, facial yoga, the reason they do it and the real benefits of that is the lymphatic drainage. Everything else, we could argue back and forth, but it's not proven by science. Uh, but lymphatic drainage is, that's number one. Number two, we, we talked about cortisol, right? So cortisol 
is that uh, stress hormone. And one of the things that it does, because we, we, as we said, it's, it's geared towards getting away from immediate danger. It recruits uh, stem cells. It recruits resources that our body needs uh, for longevity, and it recruits them in order for them to be used right now. And the problem is that's why we get, by the way, gray hair. One of the reasons is cortisol uh, depleting those pigment uh, cells or those stem cells from from the hair follicle. So all of those things are are causing basically depletion of longevity resources. Um, and another thing, obviously, is it actually promotes senescent cells because we're mm-hmm. firing in all cylinders. There are just more mistakes that are happening. Energy creation in the body costs energy. It costs energy. It costs, in there is elevated oxidative stress, uh, free radical uh, load, and there is also basically waste that is being uh, mm-hmm. metabolic produced. waste. Yeah, Met- metabolic waste, and all of those things promote senescence, and they also promote cell death. So what we're doing is we are actually saying, okay, we don't care about any of this. We need to resolve the situation right now. We're going to fire all cylinders, and we're left later on to deal with those harmful factors. So the more we can mitigate stress the better we can promote longevity because, again, a lot of what longevity is is avoiding accumulation of mistakes or many fires at once. Love it. Love it. All right. So I think we're going to spend our last few minutes talking a little bit about your lineup of products because when Mm -hmm. we recorded our first podcast, you had four products, Mm -hmm. I think four products in the lineup. So it was really easy for people to go in there and say, okay, I need – I need night I need night cream, I need day cream, I need eye cream and oh they've got that cool gloss. I'm going to buy that because it makes my lips look amazing. I was looking for mine before the podcast. I think it's another bag downstairs. Now, I get people who go on the, on your website and say, "Okay, there's like 15 things here. Where do I begin?" And yes. I mean, I generally recommend that they start with those first three products at least, but you know, how do you help people to understand like for me, I've accumulated, I've picked things up as you've released them. And so I've, I've been able to weave them into my mm-hmm. routine as it were. And even then there's some, sometimes I'm like, oh my God, I haven't used this in a little while. I better go back to it kind of thing. But um, well, yeah. what advice uh, do you give people who look at your website and go, holy crap, this all sounds amazing. This all sounds important. So by the time that this podcast is gonna be aired, we're already gonna have a new podcast, uh, new website. And that website's going to have like a quiz that you can fill up and nice. it's going to, you're going to get some, some results saying these, these are the different kits that you can choose from. That's like a basic one. If you just want a couple products, that's like a middle, middle of the road one. Probably most people are going to take middle of the road, but some people like me or like you, Nat, we're yeah. a little extreme. We're going to be, Oh, I want whatever the I best. All of it. <laughs> exactly. So there, there's a kit like that too. That's number one. A better way to break down the reason the, or the, the decision-making in, in telling you to choose a specific kit. We're, we have our basic products, as you said. These products are to, to optimize cellular function. The problem is, that, and that's, by the way, products that have NR Noble, which is our NAD precursors. So they're uh, care and eye care. 
So these are the two products that we believe everyone should use. They are moisturizers that have those active ingredients that optimize cellular function. The problem is, is that most of the things, the, the accumulated damage, our body doesn't really know, or our skin doesn't really know, or prioritize going back and repairing that. Mm-hmm. So we do need, as we said, we can do it professionally, we can do it with products. We do need something to ask the body, to give the body homework. And that's where uh, that's where our serums come in. Yeah, they are applied before the, they are applied before the moisturizers, but they are the homework that the body needs. And that we have a, a few. So we have one that is uh, all encompassing. It's called ProCare, and that is that is senolytic. It eliminates senescent cells. It also has a very unique type of vitamin C that uh, helps renew cells. It has a few other ingredients. That's, it activates or it reboots 14 different genes that are involved in, in aging, like collagen production, elastin production, things like that. We have a retinol that doesn't make you red, irritated, anything like that. That's more like you know, straight up renewal. Just give the body homework to renew itself, like for wrinkles, pigmentations, whatever. We have the adaptogenic HA uh, firming boost that uh, we need to refine the message there. What it really does, it's not only supplying hydration to the body, it also restructures water. So more of the hydration in the skin is in the fourth stage of water. And that that way the skin has needed. That's with a uh, wow. uh, ingredient called Aquacel. So it, it allows the body to use moisture better. So again, we're not only giving moisture, we're improving the ability of the body to Biobarrier we talked about. So the serums, their job is giving homework. We can use many serums. We we can use one. We don't have to use any if we just want like a basic one or two products. The last uh, products, and you did mention a mask. So our best seller is actually the hyperbaric mask because it is uh, amazing. It's a mask that you apply at night. I can think of it as a is a new class of products, okay? Mm-hmm. It's applied after everything you're doing at night and you sleep with it. It's like a gel. It's not really a mask. It's like a gel. Yeah. And this gel increases many things, but it basically loads the cells with energy and activates genes that are responsible for collagen production and sirtuins, which are, are anti-aging genes. genes. So that really is like a mega fuel and that is more like a like a you don't you don't do it all the time so you do it for two to four weeks every night and then you can maintain do it like once or twice a week or and you can go back and forth you can do it more or less the last one obviously is the uh, uh sunblock or uh, bioprotectant as we call it because it's called bioshield 40 uh, spf 40 because it it protects against all of those things that we talked about today yeah. So that's kind of the, the the meta or the way that we look at skincare, right? And then we have a cleanser, we have a virus spray, which is like a toner. Um, but that is that is basically how we look at skincare. What we're going to do in the future that would probably require people stocking up on more products, but having them for longer. So it's like a more of an investment off the bat, but then it, you wouldn't have to invest as much is cycle syncing skincare. So um, what people are going to start to see more and more, I don't know if you if, if it's apparent to people, but the biohacking industry, health industry as a whole, is really uh, male-dominated, not by the people, but by the way that 
um, science and research and research is being conducted. Mm-hmm. And yeah. the reason is, is because men are much easier to research because our hormones are stable more or less uh, during the year. Women, they're basically, they have a, a different hormon- hormonal makeup every week of the month. So it's a lunar, lunar cycle of, of hormones. And our skin, we talked about estrogen and how it affects the skin, but, but we have other things like testosterone, uh, progesterone, etc. All of those things affect how much hydration we need, how much repair the, the skin can perform, uh, protein utilization, oxygen, uh, um, oxygen uh, utilization, etc. So all these things are hormone dependent. And uh, a lot of people are sinking the way that they are eating right now to the different stages uh, of their cycle. Yeah. A lot of people are sinking their physical exercise and exertion yeah. according to, uh, to uh, their cycle. But also skincare actually should be synced according to their cycle. Wow. Of course, we can be clickbaity and release it right now. But what we are trying to do is substantiate it with as much science as we can Mm -hmm. in order to allow people to get the best results out of cycle syncing skincare. And that we're going to do in the near future as well. We're working tirelessly on it and spending most of our income on research and development for it. I love it. That's amazing. Yeah. So that's that's obviously for the cycling woman, not so much for postmenopausal. We're we're a, we're a different animal. Yeah, it's obviously so. So it's for the cycling woman. It is not for postmenopausal. Or by the way, for people who are on uh, 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 bioidentical hormone replacement, or people who are, who are on the pill. Yeah. Because. So, I mean, so again, you're going to have different categories, right? Even in the yeah. postmenopausal world, you're going to have women who are not on any kind of hormone replacement therapy versus yeah. the woman who is, whose yeah. needs are going to be a little bit different. So I, I honestly, like every time I talk to you, I'm in tie, I'm so impressed and I love everything that you guys do. Like you're just, you don't, and you know, even the way, even the way that you tweak formulas, right? Like you, so many companies, they put put out a product and that's it, that's all. They move on to the next one and it's the same product. Like that hyperbaric mask has changed at least once, if not twice, since I started yeah. using it. Um, the lip gloss disappeared for a little while because you weren't happy with the formula and now you yeah. brought it back because now it's up to your standards. Yeah. I just think like as a company, which is you too, <laughs> you just do amazing, amazing work. So I, on behalf of all the people who use your products and those who are going to discover them, I want to thank you for all that you do. And I'm going to want to talk to you again because I always <laughs> learn so much from our conversations. <laughs> Why don't you tell people where they can find you and talk to them about your podcast because you do yeah. have a spectacular podcast. Yeah. So the podcast is called Biohacking Beauty, the Biohacking Beauty podcast. Uh, that probably is the best way to uh, start your journey with the Unboost. I think... Uh, if you connect our message, that that should say everything. As far as uh, products go, uh, our website's uh, www.younggoose.com. That's two Gs, so younggoose.com. And our Instagram handle is young underscore goose underscore skincare. That is really where we daily are trying to provide information that is concurrent, relevant, yeah. up-to-date science backed, etc. We believe that's the best way to do that. 
And we're probably going to start a TikTok uh, channel soon <laughs> or something. We're not going to dance in that TikTok channel, but we're going to be probably like providing information that is that is more TikTok based. Uh, obviously, we have a YouTube channel uh, that has our podcast. Just look for a podcast if you like YouTube or in every uh, podcast outlet that you can think of. Yeah, uh, We are in many of the conferences mm-hmm. that are biohacking based. So in the near future, we're going to be at the biohacking conference in LA. We're going to be in Radfest, which is my favorite one. Uh, no nice. Anyone else. Um, we're going to be in uh, the biohacking congress in Miami, um, A4M. Nice. Uh, and so, so look for us in any conference. Obviously, shoot us a message, email, call us, whatever that is, to find out if you can meet us anywhere. We'd be happy to meet or stop by the booth, which is or stop by amazing. the booth, yeah. yeah. And uh, and if this is your first introduction to Young Goose, you get to use the discount code Superhuman twenty and save twenty percent off your first order. So you make it a good one. Um, yeah. It's a it's an amazing actually gift that you give people. That's that's a big one. So and as a young company, I know that it's it costs you something to do that, but all yeah. in the name of getting people introduced to what skincare should really be. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So I, I I always love talking to you, Nat. You're you're the best. Likewise. So <laughs> thank you so much, Amitai. And uh I will see you in LA. And if anybody actually LA will be gone by the time this airs. So we'll try to get it out before Biohawking Congress. Sounds so, cool. So if you guys are in Miami at the end of our round, I think it's October twenty second, come see us. Yeah, or you can join online. There is a oh yeah, there's a live stream. Yeah, yeah, I'm gonna do a lecture on that. Uh, skin is a driver for overall aging, so definitely tune in. Yeah, amazing. Thank you so much. All right, all right. Thank you. Bye. Thanks so much for joining me on this episode of the Biohacking Superhuman Performance Podcast. If you enjoyed the show, please remember to leave us a five star review on iTunes because that's what helps us to be heard and to be seen. If you'd like to connect with me directly, or if you'd like to leave any comments, or if you have any questions about this episode, please reach out to me directly through my website, natnidham.com. And of course, if you're not already a member of the Biohacking Superhuman Performance Community on Facebook, that's where you'll find me every day. It's a short application. Just answer a couple of questions and you're in and interfacing with other amazing biohackers. Thanks again, and we'll look forward to seeing you on the next episode.